Hello again. Thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 92, Pillars 3 and 4. Now, if you haven't already, I encourage you to go back two episodes to the podcast episode titled The Six Pillars of Organization as I give you an overview of what I see as the most important elements of being organized, like having an organized life, not just an organized home. So just to give you a quick recap, pillar one is time management. Pillar two is all about habits. Pillar three and four are what we're going to talk about today. Those are priorities and boundaries. Pillar number five is all about systems. And pillar six Oh, I can't wait to get to this one. It's all about letting go of perfection. So let's go ahead and jump into pillar number three. Now, again, I encourage you to go back and listen to episodes as I describe like when I was doing my notes, a house. That's how I think about it. Like you need all of these elements in order to have an organized life. And for some reason, building a house, putting a house together is what really kind of kept sticking out at me. And in pillars one and two, you have your foundation and you have those beams that make up the walls, that interior foundation. Now, pillar number three is about the roof, the roof on the house. And if you think about a roof on a house, why do we have a roof on a house? Well, it's to protect us from the elements. It's to protect us from like being flooded with water during a rainstorm or having the hot desert sun beat up on us and and damage the inside of our of our home. So a roof also caps us, right? A roof kind of keeps us like protected from other stuff, it, it, but it also limits us. It kind of lets us know like this is how big the structure is going to be. Like theoretically, I'm sure we could you could build a house as many stories high as the atmosphere or the building codes in your city would allow. But ultimately a roof kind of caps us. Like it, it once we have that foundation in the walls, we know, okay, this is it. This is this is the amount of space we are given to live in and to um survive in essentially, right? So priorities really kind of resonated with me when it came to the roof, something that that is there to protect you. Now, let me kind of dive into this a little bit. First, I want you to think about the stuff in your house. So if you just had stuff coming in constantly, and eventually it just filled every nook and cranny of space from wall to wall, floor to ceiling, you eventually wouldn't have enough Uh, space to live inside there, right? Well, the same thing goes when it comes to our time too. We have a very limited amount of time in our day. We're all given 24 hours in a day. All homes have a roof. Again, we're limited. So we have a limited amount of resources that we're given. At least most of us do. Maybe there are some people out there that have unlimited resources, but for the majority of us humans on earth, we're, we're pretty limited. And so in order to live, survive, grow, and do all the things that we need to do in our lives, we have to learn how to live within those limitations that we're given. And in order to do so, we have to go through a prioritization process. 
Now, when I was working as a professional organizer in people's homes, this prioritization process was called decluttering. In fact, step one, declutter and sort. This was a process that I was brought in to help my clients work through, and yes, work through, and helping them decide what stays and what goes. So as I would hold up an item to a client, it was a simple yes or no. Does it stay or does it go? And we, I went through this process hundreds, I sometimes think thousands of times, I wish I could go back and count how many times I did a decluttering session with the many different clients that we were, we worked with over the years. But this is a, 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 this is a, a process of prioritizing, right? Yes, I need that. That stays. No, I can let that go. It can leave my home. Well, the same thing is something that I want you to think about when it comes to your time, because I really want you to protect your time. I want you to get in the habits. And one of the habits is like protecting your time, being very, very aware of your time. And not that you need my permission, but sometimes we need other people's permission. I am going to give those of you who need my permission to say one word, get very comfortable with saying this word. And that word is no. And in fact, that word can be a full sentence, no period. And if you're like me and you're struggle with people pleasing, it can be no thank you, period, end of story. So this is something, and I generalize here, and the reason I generalize is because I only know from my perspective, uh, being a a mom, for instance, so I a lot of times um, relay a lot of my stories and anecdotes from the perspective of just being a mom, being a mom, being a wife, being a woman, whatever. So I can say, having a lot of friends that are also moms, a lot of times we put a lot of different pressure and stress on ourselves. A lot of it's internal, but a heck of a lot of it comes from the external, from outside sources. And we feel like we have to be everything to everyone at all times. And this can be daunting. This can wear you down over time. It just, it can eat away at you. You have a tendency to feel like you're not ever quite enough. And I'll go through this a little bit more when we get to pillar six, because that has a lot to do with like struggle with perfection. But one of the most difficult things I know for me personally is to really just get comfortable saying no. Now, the more that I've done it over the years, the more comfortable I have become. And it also helps that I have a husband who, when we're sitting in a situation and someone's looking for a volunteer or something, I feel the glare of his eyeballs on my head as he (laughs) tries to communicate, do not volunteer, do not say yes. And I'm grateful for that. I'm really grateful. He is definitely a reminder for me to just say, no, you know, I, I can't do everything. Now, I've talked about this. I think I just talked about this on the previous podcast episode, but I have entered a new phase of life where I actually have a little bit more free time on my hands. Well, the way that I approach this was as if I was getting like a big, large sum of money coming and I have already spent all that money before it ever hits my bank account. Because what I did was I knew I was going to have more time coming up in this new phase of my life. And so I started saying yes to stuff before I even got there. 
Now, I've had to tail between my legs, go back and say, hey, I know I said yes to this, but I've completely overextended myself, which to me, again, as a people pleaser, is worse than saying no to begin with, because then I do the super awkward thing of over-explaining and making the person just seem super irritated with me. And I hate that feeling. I, I don't want to look be looked at as if I'm, you know, flaky or whatever, but I have found that. So I've had to go through a reprioritization stage. And I have some things I've just said, no, you know what? Sorry. I know I said I could do that. I can't. And I've actually had to go back to some people that I've made promises to. And I've said, hey, look, I've, I'm way overextended or overthinking or not sure what to do here or XYZ. Give me a certain amount of time. I've given myself a deadline. If I don't follow through, then I have overextended myself. And so again, I hate doing that kind of thing, but I do have a horrible habit of saying no. So if you feel like you're in the same boat, feel free. You have my permission to just say no, no period or no thank you period. So going back to like all the stuff, all the stuff that we have, one of the things I want you to think about when it comes to your priorities is if everything is important, then nothing is important. I'm going to repeat that. If everything is important, then nothing is important. And you can clearly see this when it comes to the contents of your home. You can't keep everything. Um, We've all seen shows where people do struggle and, and feel like that they do have to hold on to every bit. And that eventually over time becomes a struggle, becomes an issue. It, it becomes something that inhibits them from enjoying the sanctity of their home and their respite and from the world and this place where they can live and feel secure and, and grow and all of that, all of the things that we do in our homes. So the same thing applies again to our time. If everything is important, then nothing is important. Learn to say no. All right. So let's talk about something when it comes to priorities, because again, from my personal experience with this, and I know I'm not alone with this, is that a lot of times our priorities are not our priorities. They're other people's priorities that we've adopted. I'll tell you a funny example of this to start out. I think of this when it comes to TV shows. I mean, like there's always like a hit TV show that everyone's watching, right? Well, I, I love TV. I'm not going to lie, but my heavens, if I watched every program that everyone suggested to me, I would get nothing else done. And so I have a few people in my life that are like, if you, you need to watch this program. And if you don't, I'm going to follow up with you. And I'm going to ask you a thousand times, like, have you watched it? Have you watched it? And when you're like, no, I just, it's not, it's not my thing. I'm not interested in it. Then it kind of becomes like this. <laughs> almost like shameful thing. Like, I'm sorry, I can't even I can't even join in this conversation, because I have no idea what everyone is talking about. And yes, I'm the one person on earth who has not seen this program. And for goodness sake, I know I can be like this too. Sometimes I can have a program that like we're super into and I'm like, are you watching it? Um, But I feel like honestly, I can let it go if someone's like, eh, it's not really my thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. 
But there are a lot of people out there um, that really can't let it go. And it's like you feel this external pressure like, oh my gosh, well, everyone's watching this. And I want to know what everyone's talking about. Like, you know, who's this Rip character? Like, I keep hearing about Rip, right? So like, let me check it out. And uh, that's a little reference to Yellowstone, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Um, but anyway, um, that's a that's an example of an external pressure where like, again, if I spent the time to watch every television program that people suggested to me, I would have no time to do anything else. So I have to go through a priority like when I'm, you know, going through at the end of my day, and it's time to sort of scan whatever streaming service cable, whatever to find something to watch. I generally just go back to the programs that I like, or the things that are interesting to me. And that's okay. I But I will say sometimes we do struggle with this. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in Pillar 4, but just to give you another example, like hot button issue, my goodness, my goodness, the past few years, like if you have not jumped on certain bandwagons, then I mean, I've, I've actually felt this as a difference in relationships with people. And I had this experience recently. And unfortunately, chatting with someone that I just wanted to just have a light funny conversation with one day and I maybe caught them at a bad time. Probably not. I feel like this person is normally like this or has become like this, but they wanted to talk about some hot button issues. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I mean, I I have nothing to add to this. And so I kept trying to change the subject a bit and stuff and, and kind of keep it light and funny. And this person was just really intent on talking about some things that were starting to make me actually feel uncomfortable. And when I hung up the phone, we thankfully the conversation was pretty short, but when we hung up the phone, I was actually in a bad mood. And I realized that that bad mood kind of carried over and I went to go, I had promised my youngest I was going to make a uh, homemade pizza. And I, my poor kid, I like, I had to apologize to him later because I was so snappy with him. Um, on how he was rolling out the dough. And it had nothing to do with how he was rolling out the dough. It had everything to do with the very toxic person I just hung up the phone with. So something I'm going to get to when we talk about boundaries. But again, I was trying to tell this person, that's not my priority. That's not what I want to talk about in every way that I possibly could. Like I was changing the subject. And eventually, because this person wasn't understanding, fortunately, the conversation just came to an end. And so again, sometimes we feel this external pressure to jump on every single thing, you know, that's popular or the hot moment of the issue of of the moment, um, or the excuse me, the hot topic of the moment, and feel like we have to like, if, if we're not part of it, then it, you know, we're, we're just not in, we're not going to be accepted. I mean, we're by nature social creatures. So that again is kind of that roof. So sometimes when we prioritize, that's how I want you to think about that, that roof kind of protects us from all of the craziness that comes at us from life. So again, just like all those elements of weather, put a roof, put a, a cap on your, your time on your home on what you expose yourself to and just insulate yourself from a lot of the stuff that's out there. A lot of the external pressures, 
a lot of the external stuff that ultimately end up stealing your time anyway, your very, very, very precious time. Now, before we move on to pillar number four, I encourage you to do a priority assessment using my seven time buckets. So this is something that you can do. You can like literally pause this. And in fact, I think I'm going to put this in my time management journal. I kind of saw a similar exercise that I went through when I was doing some um, coaching for myself recently. So if you want, again, grab a pen and paper, pause, or you can always come back to this. But I want you to write down my seven time buckets. They are home, family, work, financial, physical health, one bucket, social hobby, one bucket, and quiet time. And quiet time is something I'm going to go through a little bit more when we get to uh, pillar number four. So you've written down all seven of those on a piece of paper. I just want you to take a moment and I want you to give each bucket a number. So one being, I mean, like you, you feel like you're just drowning in that area you don't have enough time to keep up in that area or 10 being, I mean, you're mastering it. That is like your strength. You're doing phenomenally well. Pat yourself on the back. Give yourself a high five. You're rocking it. So number each area between one and five. And then once you've done this exercise, I just encourage you to go on to what I encourage you to do, the the three steps of brainstorming, um, brainstorming, um, prioritizing and daily planning. And you can go back and listen to some of my episodes when it comes to time management, where I talk about that a little bit more. But if you see certain areas where you have like ones, twos, and threes, I really encourage you to focus on those areas of your life. What is it that you need to do more of? Why do you feel like you're drowning in these areas? Write down some notes by those things but also give yourself some kudos if you're rocking some of these areas. Like if you're like, hey, I had a great week as like a mom and like my husband and I haven't had an argument in like 10 days. I mean, consider that an absolute win. Like everyone's kind of doing what they should be doing. Things are moving along. Definitely, definitely be proud of yourself for those areas. But don't beat yourself up for the areas where you need improvement. Just sort of go through, take an assessment. All that really means is that you just might need to switch some of your time and focus on some of those areas a little bit more. Because as we all know, those areas go for too long without too much of your time or attention or focus, they will force themselves to be priorities. I am going through that right now <laughs> with some major hip pain. I'm actually seeing a chiropractor for uh, some time because, again, I've been super out of whack with um, my physical health bucket. And um, I, I actually pushed it a little too hard in a workout not too long ago. And um, after a period of inactivity, which when you're in your mid-40s, apparently you shouldn't do. But I have a wonderful chiropractor and I am... <laughs> putting the pieces back together. And that's just what happens. So again, take a look, do a quick assessment in your own life. And don't fret, don't beat yourself up. There's no shame in this game. 
just do a little bit of brainstorming and realize what are some things that you can do to kind of shift some focus and some time over to those areas and make those your priorities because your priorities change. Just remember that. Okay, let's move on to pillar number four. Pillar number four is all about boundaries. Ooh, do I have a story for you? These are like doors and windows. So here's here's what I was thinking about when I was writing this specifically. And my husband listens to this podcast from time to time. I'm sorry that I had to tell the story. I'm just saying (laughs) to my husband. But this is, to me, one of the best examples of, of boundaries. So my husband and I had both been married before. Um... And so we, like, you know, kind of looking back at our timeline, it was kind of funny how things sort of align. Um, He and his ex kind of split relatively around the same time that mine and my ex and I split up and stuff. And then it was kind of funny. We talked about sort of how, even though we were total strangers, but how in sync like our dating lives were, like we both kind of went up, went through breakups roughly around the same time. And then we kind of went through this like dating period where we were just like, you know, woohoo, like wild, crazy singles, like not that we were that wild and crazy, but we just had some fun being single And then the fun kind of started to come to an end where we both realized we're relationship people and it would be nice to find someone who's also a relationship person. And, you know, we're both believers and the stars kind of aligned and we definitely, you know, our paths crossed um, at the time that they did. And, you know, I remember our first date, in fact, where um, we had been talking for months. So we had known each other for quite some time um, before we went on our first date together. In fact, I thought he was never going to ask me out. And I just I just wanted him to ask me out. I mean, I, I'm all about like asking a guy out on a date and stuff. But for some reason with him, it, I it was different. And I probably just didn't want to get rejected just in case he's like, no, I just like you as we we met at work as a work friend and someone that we um, share funny stories with. So anyway, so we had talked for several months before we ever went out on a first date together. But it was kind of funny. We, um, we go back to that first night and I was very like, you know, it was mom, with uh, two kiddos. And so I was very, very protective of my time with my kiddos. But I did have to, and I I shared custody with my ex, who's a wonderful father. And, um, but I did have to pick up my daughter from gymnastics. Um, So I had enough time just to go meet for some sushi. That was our first date. And then I very deliberately was like, you know, I have an hour and a half, and then I'm gonna go pick up my daughter from gymnastics. And I kind of timed it that right, just in case like anything got weird or or anything like that. So when we, he walked me to my car after um, dinner and he very sweetly said, you know, I think this could work. And I thought, hmm, kind of an odd thing to say on a first date, but I kind of liked where his head was at. And I, cause my head was certainly in the same spot. So fast forward, obviously things worked out and we started uh, dating and we came together as a couple and eventually, uh, you know, he met my kids and then down the road, we moved in together under one roof and (laughs) super personal here, but I have a point. Um, So we were both, again, had dated other people and I had a few text messages from people like, hey, 
how's the new boyfriend going from people I had dated? And I was like, it's going great. You know, we're actually serious. We're moving in together. Thanks, but no thanks. Like, you know, I'm I'm done dating. I'm not available anymore. I'm, I'm in a committed relationship. But my husband, who is a nice guy, um, and he doesn't like to be seen as like the bad guy, had a few people that came in and, you know, were like, hey, how's the new girlfriend? And he's like, great. <laughs> Which wasn't like this definitive closing the door type of thing. So kind of made me upset and awkward because I was like, you need to be a little bit more strongly worded than just like, great we're doing great. How are you doing? You know, kind of thing. So I remember we had this conversation, we're sitting on the couch. And I was like, how do I explain this to him? And so I was talking about I was like, think about our house, for instance, like we just moved into a home together. And I said, you know, we have to get like, pest control, we had to make sure like the doors and the windows are closed, because there's always things from the outside looking to come in to steal to like, you know, scorpions, we lived in the desert at times scorpions that are that are roaming outside, they're looking for little openings and cracks in the stucco of the home. You know, there's a reason why we keep doors and windows locked. It's to, you know, keep us protected, keep us again, insulated from the outside from those things. And so I used this analogy with him when it came to some of his former flames. I said, you need to protect us as we do with our house. As we protect our house, I just need you to realize that sometimes people out there don't always have the best intentions and they're just looking for a little crack in the stucco of a relationship to see if there's a way for them to kind of work their way in. And so that kind of resonated with him. Um, he, he understood it and stuff and the rest is history. But that was something that I definitely, that was the story that definitely came to mind as I was um, doing this podcast episode is boundaries. That's why we have, like I said, doors, windows to p- protect us, to keep, again, creatures out people out. It's a way to keep us safe. So boundaries keep us safe. So let's talk about some personal boundaries real quick. I obviously just gave you a very personal story. And it's definitely something again, that applies to a lot of different areas of your life. Going back to the phone conversation that I had, where I thought it was supposed to be like kind of a lighthearted fun, and it became very heavy very, what felt to me toxic. I carried that external toxicity into something that was supposed to be between my child and I. And so my poor kiddo who was excited to make pizza, homemade pizza with his mom, faced instead of a happy mom, faced a very grumpy person who was carrying this heaviness from this conversation with this external person. Get what I'm saying? Like sometimes we have a tendency to bring the outside in when we should really be focusing on just protecting and insulating ourselves from the outside world. This is another reason why I have really become adamant. Like I am the person in our house that's like the light turner offer. Like I go and it drives me crazy. Everyone in my house leaves lights on and I turn it off, but I also turn off the TV. And I'm a big like believer, like just have some music. Just if we need some noise in the house, 
let's put on, I have like a killer playlist on my phone. I'll hook it up with the Bluetooth speaker and just have some background noise if that's what it's needed in our house. But I don't like so much of the external coming in. It's again, it's all about protecting and providing a boundary to the outside world. And it's not always just the news. I mean, the news is a big one, but it's also <laughs> my youngest loves YouTube and some, and it's like the weird stuff on YouTube. Like I can't stand the noises and stuff sometimes. So sometimes those are so distracting to me. I'm like, just turn it off, turn off the TV for a moment. Let's focus on what we need to focus on in our house. All right. The other thing that we need to do is to, when it comes to our boundaries, is to really know and be familiar with our own triggers. How do you do this? Well, remember when I had you do the assessment and I, on the last one, I mentioned quiet time. Again, we have so much information, so much outside noise coming at us. It's hard. Even when we are in our homes and the TV is off, we still have that phone sitting there, notification, notification. And a lot of times we can be easily triggered by this. And again, something that I've definitely, definitely noticed personally. And the only way that you're going to really know your triggers is to just stop and make the world quiet for yourself, whatever that means to you. I always give the examples of if it's a, a daily devotion, if it's meditation, if it's the practice of yoga, if it's going for a walk, even if it's listening to music. And I always joke, some of my favorite ways to spend quiet time are just sitting in my car alone or sometimes just sitting, just sitting and just sometimes it's sitting at my at my desk and just staring at the wall and just kind of like taking a few deep breaths and before I can kind of go back out in the world. This is something I don't think we do enough of. And what happens when you do quiet time, when you have this focus, you start to notice that you have trigger points. We all do. And those trigger points, just like with those like little creatures or big creatures, old flames that are looking for some like little crack in a structure to make their way in like a little, you know, door that's not, you know, that has that opening at the bottom. That's another way that we sometimes let the outside world in to us is through our triggers. They're like little cracks and stuff in our own structure, in our mind, in our spirit, and so it's something that we should be really, really aware of. And I can say I'm, I'm definitely easily triggered. Like I think sometimes too many people know what my triggers are. And therefore, it's something that I just have to insulate myself. And I do that by having some boundaries with people in my life or activities or different things. So again, that's something that I wanted you to consider when it comes to boundaries. We have to have boundaries in order to protect our time, in order to protect the people that are the most important to us and the things that are the most important to us. But one last thing that I want to say on this before I end this episode, and I saw this so much when it came to helping clients organize their homes, and it might be something that many of you struggle with. I will tell you, it is not my struggle. I freely admit this is something that I'm like 
easily will say no to. And that is the storage of other people's stuff. I don't understand it. I'll just be personal. I don't understand storing your stuff in general. A conversation I have with my mom and aunts all the time. And in fact, I'm actually headed out to Nevada next week to help them move. My grandmother's 96 and um, she her, her wish is to move back to um, our hometown of Albuquerque. And so we as a family collectively are making that happen. And so we're in the process of moving my grandmother from Las Vegas back to Albuquerque. And so I'm a part of that troop as we do that next week. And I've been joking, but not so much joking to my mother and my aunt who have a lot of stuff like in storage. They're my mother will put stuff in storage. And I'm like, what is in there? Like you pay so much money for storage. And if I were to ask you what's in there, you you can't you just give me like a general overall thing. So I know this is a very controversial thing. And I, I, if you don't agree with me, that's okay. But I, it's just something that I want you to just kind of consider like, I don't understand why people store stuff that they're never going to use again. Because a lot of times what happens is that once the contents are gone through through storage, they just get donated or tossed out a lot of the times. Not all of the time, but a lot of the times. But what I think is even worse is that when people are um, guilted or forced into keeping stuff for other people, and then it takes up a lot of space. I've gone into homes where entire garages were filled with other people's belongings or entire bedrooms. And this is something that, again, I was very, very adamant. I'm like, no, no, you know, and also respectfully, I wouldn't help the person go through it if the other person was still living um, because I'm not going to be a part of getting rid of other people's stuff without their consent. But a lot of times I saw this, you know, when a loved one passes and um, a lot of stuff is brought into the home. And that is something definitely that I have helped many families go through and walk through. But if you just have a friend who's a cheapskate or a family member who just doesn't want to pay a storage fee, just tell them no, no, they do not get to occupy the limited space that you have in your home that should be your sanctuary so that they don't have to pay a storage fee. Just say no. That's all I have to say about that. So I thank you for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast. A five-star review definitely helps me grow this. And I've started a new thing where I do monetize this podcast so that you're not flooded with a bunch of commercials. But I monetize it and you can help me grow this podcast and help implement some new habits for yourself by visiting the One Organized Mama Etsy store. I have printables on there that you can purchase and download. They're super inexpensive, but again, it's a, a way for me to monetize it. Each printable is matched to a podcast episode by the same name. And it's like some coaching. It's like if you just need to implement a new habit, um, it's a great way for you to do it. And again, it helps me uh, be able to continue this podcast, which I love doing so much for you all. So thank you all for your support out there. And thank you for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast.